Good evening and welcome to Slam the Gavel, the show that tells it all regarding family court, other court issues, as well as CPS. I'm your host, Marianne Petrie. There's a non-denominational retreat at the Resolution Center of Jacksonville, Florida. It will be time of support and renewal for parents and grandparents on the journey of parental alienation. It's called Standing Strong in Resilience, Paving the Way for Good Health and Great Future. This will take place April 22nd through the 24th of 2022, and I will leave everything in the podcast notes. It's under Dr. David Mark Roseman at the Resolution Center. I have a return guest. His name is Mark T. Andrews. The last time he was on the show, we were talking about having a slice of the PTSD pie. That was on August 26, 2021, season two, episode 93. I have him back on. We are going to talk about a certain CPS case and the criteria that it takes to sue a judge. And he's going to explain all of this to us. So I welcome you to the show, Mark. How are you doing, Marianne? Good to be on the show again. Definitely. Good to see you. Definitely. And oh, you also run a podcast called um, I Am the Storm. I'm- I am the storm. We'll be taking off very shortly. We finished the studio up in Sacramento and we're starting to shoot and schedule interviews now. That's excellent. That's excellent. Well, you know, do you want people to contact you if they want to come on your show? Yes. um, It'll be connected um, through right now. I'm getting the things through my YouTube video. People are sending me stuff there. Um, You can also send it to my email not to be taken away at live.com very mm-hmm. apropos mm-hmm. and it's as it's 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 as it sounds n-o-t-t-o-b-e-t-a-k-e-n-a-w-a-y at symbol l-i-b-e dot c-o-m um i usually ask people to give me about three paragraphs and any pertinent documents um because we will be highlighting some cases and you know is doing this even as a podcaster or quasi journalist um, you want to make sure you got the facts straight and you got proof of what you're portraying to your audience. Mm-hmm. Because if you just take a bunch of, you know, BS, you're not going to stay active very long. Mm-hmm. You know, you've been in this a long time. That's why I come to you with what I have. You're mm-hmm. one of the um, best podcasters in our um, parents' rights movement. And it's a real help that w- what you do here. Oh, thank you. It's an honor you say that. Thank you. You're welcome what's going on with the CPS case? I know we were talking last night about it. It just sounds so horrible. Everything just sounds horrible. Okay, the CPS case is about to take off down in Los Angeles County. Um, I've been doing some activism for quite a while, um, and I put out a video with the help of Kids Matter and their CEO, Mark Fiedelman, from down in San Diego. Um, I flew down south, spent a day with Mark and his family, uh, we filmed the video that a lot of people have recently seen showing the two transcripts that Sonoma County put out. And so with the help of Mark, we got that out there. And sorry, I need some coffee. This That's is my okay. morning. <laughs> so, um, yes. We got the video out. A lot of people started contacting me from across the country, uh, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Arkansas, Texas, California, Oregon. And one young lady in particular, she doesn't live maybe but an hour from my folks down in the LA area. 
She's on the north end in Burbank. Her name's Michelle Garcia. She's a single mother uh, suffering with a uh, cancer survivor. And she recently had a, um, I'll just say a CPS action in which her kids ended up with her mother and her mother is now considered the foster mother. And at the point in her case, like I often tell Michelle, says, you brought me in with two minutes to go in the bottom of the fourth and we got to get a field goal and go 90 yards. And so Michelle turned around, you know, showed me about her case and whatnot. And in the course of doing so, um, uh, while I was down in Burbank, um, her grandmother, who lives with the foster mother, um, had her um, heart pills sent to Michelle's house. I happen to know about heart attacks. I've had three of them fighting my case for so long. So I knew what the pills were. And so because Michelle has a um, restraining order with her mother, um, I took it upon myself to drive down there. It's only about an exit away from my folks. Um, I brought the medication to the door. Uh, they had one of those little ring doorbells that take, not only takes pictures of you, but photographs very well. And I'm very thankful for it. Um, I showed my badge. You know, somebody came to the door, come to find out it was her mother. Um, I present my ID and tell her who I am and say I have some uh, medication for Lois. She goes back inside. Uh, the grandmother, Lois, says, no, 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 I want him to come inside. So they let me in the house. We talked for about 45 minutes or so, and um, I conveyed it to the foster mother that I'd really like to be able to help Michelle get more visits. She hasn't seen her kids in so long. And the mother tells me, yeah, her daughter always pines for her at the gate, just keep calling out mommy, which to me is very, looking at it, you know, thinking about the kids, because kids do matter. Um, that kid's being tortured that she can't even see her mother. And she has a little one-year-old sister, Patience. And um, so we change phone numbers and I give her my business card. So I'm very clear as to who I am. It's got all my contact information. It's got my professional license on it. And so there was no, you know, there was no mixing up who I was and what I was there about. So I left, got in my car and I was on my way to head back home. And I get home the next day and I get a call from a Menifee Police Department uh, down there in Menifee, sunny Menifee, California. And it was uh, Officer Johnson calls up and starts asking me about um, portraying myself to be a police officer at a house there in Menifee. And as I just told you the, the whole lineup there of what happened, I explained the same to him. And at that point, he tells me, yeah, there's a ring doorbell. I saw what you did. And I have your business card in my hand. Here's how I called you. And I'm going to close this case because there's nothing here. You know, I don't see you doing it in the video. You left your card with all your contact stuff. So no harm, no foul. Let's move on. Well, this foster mother didn't like that very much, that she didn't get any result out of the police. So she went over to the CPS investigator, um, Laura Lopez, I believe is her name, remembering it from the report. And she turned it into Laura as if it all happened, like I actually did this. And Laura put that in a state report to the court in an effort to um, adopt out Michelle's children to her mother. And I mean, first of all, it's libel, you know, I am not a sexual predator. Um, I was one time accused of it in my case back in 2006. Um, as we talked in, with your listeners last time, um, my case is 19 years long. 
-hmm. and this is a short but significant portion of it where my ex-wife when she was about to have to give in to 50 50 custody made a false accusation that i had molested my daughter she was 11 mm -hmm. years old at the time and the incident stemmed from my daughter crawling out on a branch she was about nine and ten feet off the ground and she was going to fall on her back and she started crying papa papa i can't hold on so i ran over let go caught her back hit my arm legs went over this arm i put her down on the ground and her pants whittled down her butt in the midst of falling and landing on me i grabbed the belt loop pulled them up smacked her on the butt and let her go mm -hmm. well mother and her attorney portrayed this out in court as a molestation for over six years until I caught them red-handed in a courtroom in 2012. Um, Judge Nancy Schaefer was presiding. And um, the attorney at this point, and I have the transcript to back this up, she goes, Your Honor, I may have misspoke about this. And the judge goes, and you might be wrong. And the judge said no less than three times in that transcript, there was an issue, Mr. Andrews. It was investigated, and you've been exonerated. I was exonerated of all allegations. That should close my file. So how in the world, 10 years after my case, while advocating for a young lady in Los Angeles, does L.A. County Council have the gall to walk into a courtroom in front of a commissioner and tell them, I'm some kind of predator? I've never been charged with it. I've been investigated once in my life and I was cleared in four days. Where do you get off doing this? And with the report from the social worker and the, the um, investigator, Ms. Lopez, and this county council, they tell the judge all this hooey because they want to adopt these kids out for that big federal bonus through that Title IV grant funding. Um, you know, it's just, how do you do that to anybody? It took me six years to clear my name last time. And fortunately, I'm a little more savvy this time. And we're attacking it uh, vigorously as I speak. Mm -hmm. um, but that judge, rightfully so, issued a restraining order restraining me from being around the children. And granted, it's a restraining order made without notice to me. Um, it was without due process. I didn't get to respond. I didn't get to talk to my accuser. I didn't get to present anything to show that I'm 100% innocent of this um, prosecutor's um, assertion in a courtroom. And I mean, that's part of where my heart, my first heart attack started two years after an allegation like that. The stress of thinking, you know, I'm a court officer. I work for a lot of lawyers. I work for 15 uh, investigators. I've even worked for a few judges. If this were to, um, metastasize and you know grow it could cost me business and granted i would be um vindicated using this transcript which i have a copy of and i can order a little cleaner copy because my attorney marked it up i got his file um but the fact is is i'm innocent i would have never not only my daughter any child you don't touch children I think that's one of the sickest things on the planet is that they traffic out children and abuse children like this. Mm -hmm. They'll fight like hell not to wear a mask. But how about protecting some of those children from what goes on in these foster care systems and these foster homes?
mm-hmm. I've heard some horrific stories. Um, and so this was where I finally ended up jumping into the CPS matter that I support so many other parents that are going through it. Because up until this event, I had to tell everyone, say, hey, I can support you. I believe these things happen. But in my case, CPS worked. CPS, mm-hmm. the mediator turned it in. The CPS investigator and the local county sheriff got together, did a full 21-page report. They interviewed a whole lot of people. They interviewed the children. Things went like they should. And in four days after that, I was cleared and told my visits would resume the following weekend. Mm-hmm. I mean, what more do you need to know? Why couldn't that prosecutor get that file? Why didn't she pull it up and read it? She just saw I had a CPS file for molesting a child. Oh, well, we got him now. And not only that, in these pleadings, um, the orders from the court, it lists me as her boyfriend. And Michelle's a sweet girl, but she's as old as my daughter. And Mm. sorry, I'm not into dating. I mean, granted, she's a 30-year-old woman now, but to me, that's like dating a child. It's Mm -hmm. someone, you know, a lot younger than me. Um, So these things, we're working on it right now to correct those type of things. And back to where we were going, and you and I talked yesterday about suing the judge. So many people were like, oh, you got that judge. You can sue her now. Um, She's, you know, violated your due process rights. And I had to tell them, you know, much to their dismay, um, this judge in this particular instance would have a qualified absolute immunity from any form of suit. But for that prosecutor telling the court, Mr. Andrews is a, and but for the investigator putting it in a report saying that I was faking my identity, um, that court would not have made such an order. So that judge really has an immunity. Um, Where you get into suing judges, to transition to what we were talking about last night, um, there's only one case law in it, and that's Stump v. Sparkman. Um, which says that a judge loses immunity when they act in absence of all jurisdiction. So if they've gained jurisdiction in any ground, they have the qualified immunity. And the reason my federal case is so um, perfectly fit, you know, like the old OJ said, if it don't fit, you must quit. My case fits that like a glove because the, the commissioner in my case altered the transcript altered a second transcript trying to hide the fact that she never gave me a due process hearing. Now, the not giving me the hearing wasn't fatal to her um, immunity. What was fatal to her immunity was from the bench committing a crime, a crime of intent, a crime of moral turpitude, and a crime of malfeasance. Judges swear an oath to uphold the law not break the law. Mm-hmm. They can bend it, they can make an error, and in this case, in the in the CPS case, Judge Birdsong made a serious error. She should have questioned it more. But, you know, the courts are stacked and packed. They want to get them out as quickly as possible, and people like me and Michelle Garcia fall through the cracks. But I'm going to make it very clear that um, no, I will not tolerate this. Um, there's a famous case um, for a lot of us parents writers. Um, some call it Hardwick versus County of Orange. Some call it um, 
Hardwick versus Reekin, I think was her last name, the, the therapist. And that bill went all the way to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. Um, it was a twenty thousand, I'm sorry, twenty million dollar judgment award. And what the judge said in there was very relevant. Um, you know, he asked the defense attorney for the social worker, "Doesn't your client in her position know that stepping into court with false actors and false evidence can't be done? It's against the law." Um, I mean, it's just mind-boggling what they will do um, to keep moving forward to get these federal dollars. Mm -hmm. You just can't go after a judge. The judge has to commit a crime of intent, a crime of moral turpitude. They have to step over that line. As I often tell pro per litigants when I'm helping them, they're like, that judge did this and that judge did that. I said, that judge can sit up there with a hooker on one leg, a bottle of hooch in the other, and make the most screwed up ruling on the planet. They still have immunity. It isn't until they step over the line. It's a criminality that they lose that immunity. And I also like to use that John Wick analogy for uh, your male audience. Um, at the end of the first movie, there was a, a, a hit woman that went after John in the Continental Hotel. And there's only one rule at the Continental no business on continental grounds and these four guys walk in the shooter and they tell her right before she dies by thine own hand thy um membership has been revoked and it's the same with the judge when they step over that line to criminality um by their own action their immunity is sacrificed you know changing that transcript was a crime of intent, an intent to deceive. And that can be met in a court of law with a lawsuit. But in Ms. Garcia's case, where this is a case where false information fed to the judge ends up being uh, bad for Michelle, bad for those two children, and it irritates the holy living hell out of me. And I mean, I've fought my case for 20 years now. You think I'm going to let go of this bone, Marianne? Mm -mm. Never. No, I'm going to go after it full bore. And I'm going to make sure that when we're done, this type of stuff needs to change. And we got to start getting in, um, not just with lawyers, but we got to go to legislators. Mm -hmm. Because all of this stems from what they're doing to Michelle Garcia down in Burbank. I got parents all over the Bay Area telling me about stories of CPS did that. CPS did that. Um, we have to change the legislation. Uh, the Bradley Act, which is how they um, work Title 40 block grant funding um, to collect child support, it needs to be altered because, as you know, most legislators are former judges and lawyers. And they don't necessarily want to cheat their friends out of a nice payday but the fact is is our kids are not for sale find another field of law settle mm -hmm. a couple of probate cases go settle a civil matter but putting parents through the ringer in the family court system just for a federal dollar to run your county i mean if i'm not mistaken that would be um what's the word i want to use 
it would be a pecuniary interest in the matter which makes them unable to hear it. They have a conflict. Well, the county gets paid for this by the federal government. We're not going to stop doing it. Yeah, but you also shouldn't be breaking up as many families as you do by keeping the conflict going. That's why you hear about um, in this dependency court, it's sealed. If I was there in Burbank that day, I would have never heard that um, lawyer say that. I would have been told to wait out in the hallway, even though I'm an advocate. Um, I only heard it because it was on Zoom. And we were watching. And when I heard that prosecutor say that, my jaw dropped. Where did you come up with this? You know? So it's something that needs to be fought. Oh, that is just unbelievable what they're putting you through again. Yeah, the, the thought that I'm going to have to spend even two, a month or two, much less a couple of years, in a lawsuit against Los Angeles County to clear this up. This, mm-hmm. lo- this lawyer should lose her bar license. Mm-hmm. This isn't a reasonable mistake. This is just blatant, I'd call it mean, for lack mm-hmm. of a better word, mm-hmm. because she has the, the ability to get the transcript. When she gets the transcript, she can see my case number. She can call up Sonoma County and go through the docket on her computer. Hey, can you send me these? two or three cases over here, the pleadings. I need to see what was going on because I need to go in and defend CPS against this mother. And this man has entered into our uh, sphere of things. And had she done that, she would have learned that's not where you want to go with me. Mm -hmm. She didn't even have the decency to call me. She just accused me behind closed doors and had an order made. Mm. And I don't often like to see people, you know, lose their license or something mm-hmm. or, you know, put, you know, put them out of work. But when it comes to this, mm-hmm. I mean, this is like my worst nightmare again. Like I said, you and I have talked before, Marianne, you know, I've had two heart attacks. I just had open heart surgery during the middle of the pandemic. Every six years in my case, I've had a heart procedure. And like it or not, the fact that somebody would call you that in public, it just weighs on you. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it hasn't harmed my business, at least not yet. But who knows? Mm-hmm. The possibility is there because if I can get the evidence and I got the CPS report from Ms. Garcia, I got the court orders because she comes to me and asks me to translate legal to English. I mean, uh, I'm like a Google translator. And then I explained to her what they're doing, you know, and she felt more at ease with me there and involved. And they didn't like that on the other end. And that's how they chose to just push me aside. In a very criminal way. Oh, definitely. And, and you know, they're going to say, oh, you, whoops, whoops, we made a mistake. That's not an oops. You put it in print in a report that can be pulled up that I misrepresented myself as an officer. And you're representing a lawyer in the courtroom thinking it was sealed. No one's going to find out. Said it in court. Well, guess what? I did find out. Mm -hmm. And now I'm telling everyone, when Mm -hmm. we talk about these CPS cases and that CPS should be defunded, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're going to be able to defund um, 
CPS, just like they tried that big whole thing, defund the police. Mm-hmm. And it realized, by the way, we need the police. Well, we do need CPS. You know, there are children out there that need protecting. And kids' rights matter. We keep saying it over and over. But they should be more heavily regulated by somebody, by some kind of board or governing body that complaints can be um, brought there. Because mm-hmm. when I found out just the report before the court matter happened, I wrote to the social worker and the um, investigator for CPS. I put the printed, cut and pasted the paperwork that they used. And then I cited Hardwick. You have no immunity for this. Mm-hmm. You, ha- you should be automatically going down to court on an ex parte motion and returning Miss Garcia her children. Because in Hardwick versus County of Orange, they took the children away from the mother. The child came back and sued and said, you did a no-no. I have a familiar right under the Constitution to be raised by my mother. And you took it away, Mm -hmm. absent due process, with false actors. They committed fraud in court. And, I mean, right now, Michelle, she's calls me at least every uh, third day or so, you know, updates me on what's going on down there, if she's heard anything. Um, but it's prime lawsuit, and it's clear as day, because if you go into the report, you're going to find out when you look at that video, everything I say is a fact. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to get a statement from that police officer. I actually am uh, going to uh, seek to get his body cam for when he interviewed the foster mother. So we could see how big and bold the lies got Mm -hmm. um, and get the other things like a CAD report. And um, they actually, in the report, they mislabeled the one letter in the report. So if you went down and said what they did, I want MU da 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 da. Well, there is no file MU. In Menifee PD, it goes MN. And I mean, they're even hiding it that way. And what begs the question, did the judge watch the ring bell video before she made that decision? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Did the judge call the police and see what they found out? Since there is officially no report, because I've tried to order it. It was closed as a non-issue. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much due diligence here that's been, the ball has been dropped. And I politely at first tried to email everybody, you know, hey, I'll give you one chance to fix it. Get off your butt. You screwed up. It may cost you down the road even if I pursue it, but you need to fix it now. Mm -hmm. And they don't want to do that. Her mother, Ms. Garcia's mother, is getting payments from, uh, I don't know where they come from, like CPS or the state or who pays these foster families to raise children. But she's getting payments for these kids. And from what I understand from Michelle telling me, um, her mother has claimed that the children are autistic, which big dollar value with the federal mm-hmm. government when we got to take care of an autistic kid, much less two of them. And Michelle says, my kids have never been, you know, seen to have uh, autism. All they have is the, we want to see our mommy syndrome. Mm -hmm. Um, I saw a video of her daughter screaming at the gate. She was about as tall as the gate. Mommy, mommy. Mm. It it just brought me to tears. You know, I I so want to see this mother with her children. 
I don't know all about Michelle's past. I know she's had a pretty wild one, kind of like me. But at this point in her life, she's slowing her roll. She's surviving cancer. Um, she's constantly trying to be evicted from the house because apparently um, her mother believes she owns the house, but I think the grandmother does. Um, and she has to keep going to court for that. And it's such a crippling, debilitating thing. For me, it manifested itself as heart disease. Mm. Some people get anxiety. Um, there are forms of PTSD. Um, so many things that people go through with this. And that prosecutor is making, what, 120000 a year, something close to that, you know, give or take uh, ten or 20000 And they sleep just fine at night, no matter who they screw over. Because push comes to shove, when I sue, they're oh, we have immunity. Yeah, they they get paid no matter what happens. Yeah, same thing with the judges. That's why the fam that's why so many people were starting to see across the country. They talk about these family courts and how what a cowboy show it is. Yeah, the judge the judges that get stuck in family courts are usually the judge that, you know, the new guy who's got to take up, you know, the dirty job. Um, and, you know, the prosecutors take advantage of that. And between the two of them, it's all about rolling up a money for the county. Now, granted, the law may say, let's do what's in the best interest of the child, right? Mm -hmm. But that isn't what they do. They do what's in the best interest of the county and the state. And it's horrifying what's happening to these families nowadays. Most definitely. Uh, I think it's a very scary time to even bring children into the world at this point. That's just my my view. You know, I, I would like to see CPS abolished and let the police do their job. Because if a child is being harmed, it's a police matter. They need to fill out all these forms and take action. The problem with CPS is they're chasing after these false accusations, allegations, and they're making a mountain out of a molehill. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, we talk about having the police do this. Um, here's something else for your listeners, which has been very successful. Um, I, was, I just recently talked with a um, Air Force veteran. Um, staff sergeant and he um, was telling me that you know they came to his house at 11 o'clock at night a social worker and a cop came in and they told him he had to go down to the motel and they ended up taking his kid he had no idea when he let them in the house that they were going to take the child away he had just gotten full custody finally mm. um, and one of my um, friends in the movement was telling me that she advocated for somebody and when they showed up at 11 o'clock at night she turned around and said, put the phone on speaker and let me talk to the officer. So she did so. And she said, officer, apparently you're here to um, help remove these children tonight with a CPS social worker. And as, her, as I'm the advocate of the person holding the phone, um, I want to make sure your body cam is on because we're going to sub subpoena that footage. And you need to show me the imminent danger these children are in at 11 o'clock at night, sleeping in their beds. Mm. Now, maybe if he walks in the door and sees a crack pipe on the you know, dining room table, then you got a problem. Mm -hmm. But short of that, you know, a lot of these are just family people that they show up and bulldoze. 
Mm -hmm. right? They get a bonus for that removal. They get a bonus for putting them in foster care. And if you last the two-year gambit, they get a really big bonus for adopting the children out. And it's, it's just become a cash machine for the court systems. Mm -hmm. And they don't care who they have to roll over. Um, and these are the laws that need to be changed. Mm -hmm. and oh, I think, I'm sorry. Oh, go I, ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't want to finish there because I segued off there. Um, and when, when she was talking to the officer through the phone, she goes, and I'd like to ask if you have your E&O insurance up to date, because should you remove this child and there's no imminent danger, there will be litigation. Mm -hmm. Officer looked at the social worker, I'm out of here, and he left. And they didn't remove the child that night, according to my friend. Um, but I suggest that as a tactic, if, you know, Someone shows up at your house with a social worker and a cop at 11, 10 o'clock, something really late at night. Um, that's because they're trying to skulk out in the dark. They, if they were legitimate, they come at six in the morning, seven, eight in the morning, you know, before they leave for school. Mm -hmm. No, they do this in the middle of the night. And we need to, you know, we need to have some kind of balance in play. I like what you're saying about using the police to do their job keep a handful of social workers that can regulate the scene and situation, mm -hmm. can look in and speak to the child or the parent and kind of get a feel for it, and then talk to the officer. Yes, I see a criminal thing here. Go take care of it. Mm -hmm. But right now, it's just these Gestapo-style tactics mm -hmm. that they use. Just grab these children. Definitely. Um, they should do something with these false accusations and allegations, there's got to be some type of law that when people continuously make these false accusations, you know, where there is, Go ahead. there is one case law in the books that I am unaware of. And I've cited this in my case before. It's called Robert J versus Catherine D, D as in dog, um, from 2009, because there's another um, opinion in 2006. But if you're looking this up for your case to see if it applies, um, in there, um, the father had spent an exorbitant amount of money defending himself in family court and false allegations. And he turned around and found out the sanctions cap was a thousand bucks. And he's, we're talking like, he spent like 400 grand on this. And he's like, screw that thousand bucks. You need to give me back my money. She was caught lying. And in that ruling, because the false allegation was the subtext for the motion that he put forth, asking for, you know, his money back, um, a judge said in that matter, when an allegation of abuse or neglect arises, doesn't have to be charged, doesn't have to be, you know, um, convicted, it has to just be alleged, mm. the court necessarily must, those are two key words, necessarily and must. That means a judge doesn't have an, a way out of discretion. That judge necessarily must determine the veracity. Veracity is just a big word for truth. Mm -hmm. Because acting in the best interests of the child, you know, you've got to make sure what if the mother is lying or what if the father is lying? They have to uncover who is making a false allegation. If you're touching a child in any way, I think 100% you should be put in prison. 
Matter mm-hmm. of fact, I'd say throw away the key if you have such a child. That's mm-hmm. just sick. Um, yeah. Now, so that that law was Robert V as in victory versus Catherine D as in dog. Robert J as in John and okay. Catherine D as in dog. And then put 2009 in quotes if you're citing which um, case it is. Um, but yeah, if, if, uh, if an allegation of abuse or neglect arises, the court necessarily must determine veracity before it makes a custody decision to ensure that it acts in the best interest of the child. And then they also said further in there that um, sanctions are a remedy in a family court for nipping, to how do you say it? The, the way to nip egregious conduct in the family law court is to sanction the individual. So that's your remedy for when they keep doing things wrong. But I think they need to start tweaking the law. I know it's not politically popular, Mm-hmm. But the last time I checked, there's no amount of actionable perjury by litigants, judges, or lawyers. If you're lying in court, you should be losing. Mm-hmm. And too many people lie in family court and they use the scapegoat. Well, it's an emotionally charged. The lawyers don't care because they have, um, was it, litigation privilege. Well, I heard that. That's why I'm saying it in court. Well, maybe you should have hired an investigator and done your damn due diligence because mm-hmm. I hope your malpractice insurance is up to date because what you did was wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, matter of fact, that um, that line about no actionable perjury uh, comes from that Hardwick um, Hardwick case from 2017. And in there, Judge Trott said there is no amount of actionable perjury by the government. You can't have a government official lying in a report. You can't have a government lawyer lying in a court to take away someone's children. They have a constitutional right to raise their children. And absent due process of law, it is illegal to step into that family dynamic. But they do it every day. This is happening every day. It happened in my case, you know. You can't get these people to stop lying. Over and over and over. And we're recently, I was talking with someone, and it's a very uh, relevant thing we should start talking about more. Who pays for like co- congressional and senators' um, campaigns? Rich people. Right. Yep. yep. And judges by the, you know, what they get as judges or lawyers are generally rich people. So when they make political donations, that's a conflict of interest. Because like in my case, we talked about me being the whistleblower to the Congress. And I I submitted that to Mark DeSalnier from Contra Costa. I submitted that to Ro Khanna. It got sent up to the Oversight and Reform Committee. Now, regardless, I get that they couldn't do anything in my personal case. But what they should have been able to do was audit the court because I showed them three cases over a long period of time, which is a pattern in practice in Sonoma County of violating litigants' rights, either to punish them for what they've done by reporting them to CJP or the state bar, um, or you go the other gamut, they just bury you with child support and then the fees um, if you're late, 
I mean, as it stands right now, I will be paying child support until my children die. Mm. That's how long it would have to go on. And there should be able to be something done when the other side is caught lying. You know, I agree. Mother I agree. or father, prosecute them. Oh, I you'll get a you. whole lot less lying in court. Yeah, you'll get a whole lot less lying in court if they know that, shit, I could be disbarred for 90 days, six months if I'm caught lying for you. You better make sure I have every piece of paper to know what I'm talking about. And I'm going to round that back to where you wanted to talk about suing a judge. Um, suing a judge is a monumental task. Mm -hmm. And you've got to dot every I. You've got to cross every T. And I've had a number of attorneys that have called me personally just to ask me about my research. Because when I went after Commissioner Louise Bale's flight master, I had both transcripts that were authored. I had the court summary that shows she never gave me the hearing that was due me by law. Matter of fact, all she said over and over was, until you do some paying, we ain't playing. I generally don't help people until they get on board. It's all about the money. It's not about the children. It's not about protecting children. It's about them getting money. So we need to change that dynamic that they're not making money off breaking up our families. I agree with you. And, um, you know, I just think, um, you know, as you said, it's such an unregulated system with CPS. They've got too many uneducated individuals in there that aren't even licensed social workers. Maybe some of them are. But other than that, they're just inept caseworkers that just continue to make people's lives miserable and continue to lie on the witness stand. And they have no remorse. They're sociopaths. And I just think they should go and let the police do their job when a child is being physically or sexually abused and even emotionally abused. Um, there's aspects to that. However, um, you know, I'm sure that would create more work for the police, but we would at least eliminate these bad actors from going into your home at 11 o'clock at night trying to steal your child. Exactly. What was that you brought up, an EON or something that that parent used to, so they couldn't take the kid? Oh, okay. All officers, one of the reasons I don't carry a gun is a process server. Okay, I am by definition a licensed officer of the court. I am. I have a license that I paid for, um, and I have to register with the county. And I also have to carry a bond. So every time I sign that paper, I'm signing on my bond that what I'm saying here in this document is true. Mm -hmm. um, I, and through the codes and laws and things, I have an exemption to trespass. So if I've got to hop over your gate, walk down the driveway to knock on your front door. I'm not trespassing, even though you posted the sign. I'm here to deliver documents, and when I'm done, I'm there to leave. That's it. You start skulking around without papers, then you're trespassing. Um, but if I carry a gun, I would not be able to go and trespass like that. Um, there's a, like a gray area there, and you will always lose because they want to prosecute and make examples of people. Um, officers 
have to have an insurance called E&O insurance, errors and omissions. And it protects them, um, you know, from everything from, you know, carrying a gun and, you know, shooting at somebody. Um, and it's something when you're suing the police, a lot of these people go after the cops for doing something wrong. That's usually covered under their E&O insurance. So errors and omissions. And it's what you need if you want to carry a gun. At least one of the things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that parent used that when CPS and the police officer came to the door? The advocate knew about it. And she turned around and talking with them with the phone on the speaker, asked the officer, hey, your insurance up to date? I want this film. Because if you walk in this house and there isn't a crack pipe on the table or a big bong and a bag of weed, and these kids are in bed sleeping, you know, and mom's there drinking her tea, I want all this on video because we're going to go after you for taking a child that was not in imminent danger in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. officer bailed on it. You know, he, he, he just knew um, with that kind of a threat, come on in. I mean, granted, sometimes they, they are going to come in. And I hope, you know, if somebody got a crack pipe on the table, they go after it. You know, raising mm-hmm. kids in that environment is not a good thing. Um, out here in California, we have legal marijuana, mm-hmm. but we don't have we don't have the ability to give a 12 year old a joint. Mm-hmm. You know, we, um, it's as adults, like if you can drink a beer, you can smoke a joint. That's California. They're very liberal out here. Um, but yeah, no, it, there has to be for them to come at that hour and grab the child. There has to be imminent danger. You know, man with the gun in the house is freaking out. Half the family's dealing crack in the back bedroom on the right or whatever that imminent danger to the child is. So come on in. We're mm-hmm. going to let you through the door. But have that body, make sure they tell them to have that body cam going and show me that imminent danger Why you're going to grab my children. Definitely. Um, how can people reach you if they have any questions? You can get me through the YouTube video that I did with Kids Matter. Uh, again, thank you, Mark Fiedelman. He's been very supportive. Uh, we're doing another video on this case. I'm putting it together right now for Mark. Um, if you go on YouTube and you type in three words, kids, matter, and fraud, look for my smiling face. Um, I'm in a lavender shirt, and I give about a 14-minute presentation on the two transcripts and the differences in how they're illegal. But you can leave comments in the bottom, and all my contact information is there. Also, I mean, I'll state it on air here. Um, my email address, once again, is not to be taken away at live.com, N-O-T-T-O-D-E-T-A-K-E-N-A-W-A-Y at L-I-V-E dot C-O-M. My phone number is 707-280-7425. Um, if anybody has a question or something, I'm not a lawyer. I can't give you legal advice. But what I can do is share my experience in the court system. And as always, I tell everyone that I give these type of, you know, talks with, um, the facts in your case might be different than the facts in my case. So check with, you know, a legal professional, even if you got to go down to legal aid um, or ask a lawyer for, you know, a pro bono consultation. Um, But your set of facts might trigger another law that helps you. Or there may be a law that says, "Uh -uh, ain't gonna happen ever. This is completely wrong by law. And you should know that based on your facts. 
Um, that's the thing everybody asks me. How did you get into federal court? Why can't I just go to federal court? I got to go to federal court because denying me a hearing was denying me my due process rights. And it was an administrative hearing. That's the lower court. Um, sticking the case in there for fact-finding by denying it, I couldn't appeal that because there's nothing to appeal. There's no order. We're just told you're not getting your hearing. I then had to go to the federal court under Title 42, 1983, the Civil Rights Federal Code for um, how you go about suing. Um, and I went before the federal court that way. But if your judge you know, does something, um, again, based on your facts, you may have to go to the appeals court. So always check with a legal professional to, you know, and read up a lot on the law. Um, biggest mistake I found that propers have is that they'll read a law to like, you know, the second paragraph, I want that, perfect, and they stop. Read the whole law, you it may be to. long, it may right. be convoluted, but there might be something down on letter O that's even better than what you found on letter D, or mm -hmm. there might be something that countermands it because of the facts in your case. Mm -hmm. So, oh, as always, read a lot on whatever you're trying to do. Seek the help of a legal professional. And there are a lot of us in this movement. You, Marianne, have written a book you put on your podcast. My new podcast, I Am the Storm, is going to be coming out. Got Mark Thielman down in uh, Southern California with Kids Matter, his charity. Uh, we got Michelle Chan in San Francisco. Um, just so many good people and good parents I've gotten to know through this movement. I know it's uh, shitty circumstances to have to meet them. You know, I haven't seen my kids since 2008, and there's no getting back what I've lost. I will never be there for my daughter's 16th birthday. Um, I wasn't there for either of her graduations, all because of the court and what they've done. Um, so, yeah, we got to stick together. Mm -hmm. And we got to make change. Definitely. I thank you for speaking out. And I'll definitely have you back on the show. You've okay. got to keep us updated. I'll, I'll, definitely. Um, as soon as um, Eric, uh, he, he's going to go one way or the other. But at the moment, he lives in California, but he's a lawyer from out of state. And he can't argue here yet unless he, uh, he calls it a pro-hack Vic. But it's the way an outside lawyer comes into a state and not have to have a state license. They get to come in with their out-of-state license. Mm -hmm. And mine is one of the cases he's taking proactive, I believe, when he moves. Um, but at least I'm going to have a, a really top-notch 20-year veteran federal lawyer um, standing up for me. And he says, no, nah, this is going to be beautiful. When we put this in the media, we're going to have a mystery, the missing case. Where is it? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, how you can hand that much stuff to a court and just tell, I mean, put it in an order form. It's like reading a book mm -hmm. and you got a federal judge telling, well, she has immunity. No, she doesn't have immunity to commit crimes. She mm -hmm. doesn't have immunity to deny me what the law affords me just because I didn't pay yet. No, we got to hold these people accountable. Definitely. That's what it's all about. No matter how hard it is, just keep being persistent. And, you know, you're a, a great, you know, show of being persistent and you just keep going. Hey, they sat an elephant on me and I'm going to keep punching that bastard till it moves. Mm -hmm. 
I'm proud of you. Because that's what it feels like. Thank you. Um, and hopefully the efforts that I'm doing now, um, it will keep some father five, 10 years down the line from now, mm -hmm. when I'm in my 60s, it'll keep them from having it happen to them. Mm -hmm. Because no parents should go through this. Mm -mm, no, mm -mm. no parents should have to miss their kids' graduation. Miss, you know, I'd see my case went from 02 through 2018, I believe it was. But almost over a decade, I had one birthday each. No East, uh, no, one Easter, one Christmas, no Thanksgiving, no Halloween, no New Year's. Um, How sad. Yeah, my kids were severely damaged through this whole thing. And they don't think so. I mean, I've tried contacting them. And that's, that's emotional abuse on their part. They're basically yeah. ch child abusers in black robes. Same with my case. Um, I didn't get to see my son graduate. And um, I mean, our stories are somewhat similar, you know, in that way, uh, mm -hmm. dealing with false accusations. It's just, we've got to just stay together and spread the word. Well, when it comes to the false allegations, you know, let your listeners know um, that Robert J case is very powerful because once they make that allegation, if you cite Robert J and go, your honor, according to this case law, you must have a hearing to determine if I'm a sicko child molester or she's a liar. Mm -hmm. And if she's a liar, I want her held to account to the fullest extent of the law. That's excellent. Excellent. Well, hey, don't jump off. Okay. Okay. Slam the Gal is a podcast to help the public understand what really goes on in these family courtrooms. I'm your host, Marianne Petrie, author of Dismantling Family Court Corruption, Why Taking the Kids Was Not Enough, and Cry Out for Justice, Poems of Truth. Please join us again here with Mark in the future and other exciting guests. Thank you again, Mark. You're very welcome, Marianne. Pleasure to be on the show with you. And I'm honored. Thank you.